0: Well, happy Father's Day. I'm glad that you're here. Today we're going to talk about, we're kind of, we're working through, if this it's your first time, the book of Philippians. We're going to be in Philippians chapter 3, so if you want to kind of find your way there on your phone or your tablet or if you actually brought a Bible, uh, you could use that as well. Uh, God's words everywhere, it seems like. Um, I wore pink today because I have daughters, four daughters, and uh, so it seemed appropriate that um, pink made sense to me today on Father's Day glad you're here. My dad passed away about 15 years ago, and what's funny to me is I still kind of hear things he said in my spirit all the time. You know, your, your father has, um, oftentimes has a, this influence on you. And, uh, you know, my dad taught me to work hard, and, and you know, one of the things he said, we we uh, we started a muffler shop together, and by we started a muffler shop, I mean, he told me what to do, and I did it, basically. and And I remember in the shop, he would say stuff like, don't make me tell you what to do, look for things to do. And I hear those words coming out of my mouth when when I was a dad to my girls. Hey, don't make me tell you everything to do, look for stuff to do. Dad was a truck driver, and so he gave me all these truck driving, um, uh, all this truck driving advice from when he drove a truck, when he was teaching me how how to drive, and he would say, now, the one thing as a truck driver that he really didn't like were people who hover in the left lane. Can I get a witness on that? I mean, come on. Uh, And Daddy would call them left-hand drivers. And oh, my word, if you were a left-hand driver, oh, I mean, over and over. So I I hardly ever get in the left lane except when I pass, which is from God. Uh, Greatest thing in the world is to pass somebody. But, man, you get right back over. Except, except, he would say, now, never pull in uh, close on an 18-wheeler. So if you pass an 18-wheeler, because he was an 18-wheeler guy, don't pull in too close because uh, if something were to happen, Uh, He can't stop very fast, and if he can't stop and he hits you, you lose. He wanted me to know that. You're not going to win that battle ever. uh, If an 18-wheeler hits you, you're you're toast. And he would would talk about things like, I, I just remember being in the car with him. He would say, now, look as far ahead as you can when you're driving, because whatever happens up there is going to probably eventually get back to you. And he would break way before we got to the light and he because if you're driving a truck, you want your truck to be rolling. You don't want to stop and have to start. And so he would break way back and he would teach me these things. And and it's funny to me that I still know those things, that I remember those things. In business, he he would say, Don't beg him and pay him too. That's something I, I still remember. If you got to beg a guy, you shouldn't have to pay him. That's kind of his thinking on it. And when dealing with people, sometimes Dad would have these experiences where somebody would try to cheat him, and he would say, I've I've heard him say it a hundred times, if you can live with it, I can live without it. If you can steal from me, then it's okay. I mean, your conscience has to be your God. These are the things that my dad said. Now, today we're going to talk about God communicating our Heavenly Father, who is the perfect father. Whether you had a good dad or a bad dad, it doesn't change the fact that our Heavenly Father is the perfect dad. And he speaks to us. And today we're going to ask the question, do you you think, do you believe that God continues to speak to people today? Because we have the Bible, and if you believe the Bible at all, you, you have to sort of believe that God speaks to people. Now, some folks will say, well, there's no God, therefore God doesn't speak. Other people will say, well, with 7 billion people on the planet, it's hard to believe that there's a God who knows me. And other people will say, well, we have the Bible, and that's kind of all... We get. That's not all we get. So, if you're in Philippians chapter 3, we're going to look at one verse today. Let all who are spiritually mature, this is Paul, a guy who loved Jesus, started the church, writing back to the church after he left. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. I believe God will make it plain to you. Now, there's this... Idea around that—that that somehow God communicates with us. Jesus put it this way. He, he said, "My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me." My, my sheep—he's talking about himself and those of us who follow him. And there are some truths here that are really important. Number one, we can hear His voice. It's possible to hear His voice. Now, people will say, "Do you hear an audible?" I've never heard God speak to me audibly. I think it's possible. There are people in the Bible who heard God's audible voice. I don't hear his voice audibly, personally. But I do believe he impresses on my spirit certain things. So, number one, we can hear it. The second thing is, Jesus knows us. Even though there's millions of us, maybe billions of us who follow him, he knows each one of us. It's really, really important. And I'll catch myself praying sometimes God, I know you're busy. You know, (laughs) you got a lot on your plate, you got, you know, wars and. Trump, you know, you've got uh, a lot going on. I'm praying he stops tweeting. You know, uh, you got stuff going on. Um, you've you got uh, just, just things everywhere, yet you you got uh, people who are starving, and, and you've got child pornographers to take care of and, and hopefully do, deal with, and, and you've got sex traffickers. I mean, you can, I know you got a lot going on, but I also know you hear my voice, and you hear my prayer. But God listens to us. He knows us. Third thing is, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they they listen to me. They do what I say. And there's something to be said for being obedient to God. When when he speaks to us, there's something to be said about doing what he says to do. Now, what I like about that verse is that it says not only that we can hear God's voice, but that it's possible now. It's not just possible. It's possible now. Now, I don't know, I do not you have a bucket list? I, I've got kind of a bucket list. One of the things, I would love to climb Mount Everest. I'm not sure it's ever going to happen. I'm kind of getting a little bit old, too old to do it. But, man, that's awesome. And I can kind of picture myself, you know, uh, climbing Mount Everest. Being on the mountain, you know. Here's the thing about climbing Mount Everest. It takes tons of preparation. It takes... You have to be in great physical condition. Uh, it takes a lot of money. I think the estimate is between sixty and $75,000 to just go, to just attempt to, to summit Mount Everest. So you have to have money and time, and you have to, to be in shape. And I don't have any of those things right now. Right? I don't have any of it. I could probably get to maybe, <laughs> I couldn't even get to base camp one. I, I mean, you know, they've got these base camps. So it's possible. It's just not possible today. But now I can hear God's voice, and I can obey it, and I can start, if I've never done it before. I can start that today, because God is always speaking to us. He, he does. The, the, the issue isn't that if, is God speaking. The issue is, uh, are we listening to Him speaking to us? President Roosevelt, he, he sort of got he had to sit, stand in these long reception lines sometimes. And he wondered if anybody actually ever heard what he said. He, he sort of just d- supposed that they didn't. So one time he's in this receiving line and these, this long line of people are coming through. And he decides to experiment to see if people are listening. So everybody that came through, he would say, he kind of murmured, he'd, he would murmur, uh, I murdered my grandmother this morning. And he, he he recounts this story. recounted this story that people, person after person, would say, "Marvelous! You're doing a great job. You know, uh, uh, keep up the good work." Except the ambassador to Bolivia, kind of one of the last guys. He heard him, and he leaned in, and, and he said, "I'm sure she deserved it." Uh, so the problem isn't that God isn't speaking. I, I believe God wants us to know His will. I don't even think He, he He's hiding it from us. And God wants us to know what to do. We have a misunderstanding sometimes of what we think God wants us to do or how that's going to look. Some of us want God to tell us every decision to make, and that's just not how this works. So, what we need to understand, let's sort of back up just a bit. Communication is simply guiding someone else's thoughts. Right now, I'm speaking to you. I'm using words, hopefully, you understand. Um, these sentences that I'm speaking are causing you to think something that you wouldn't have thought otherwise. It could be like, I wonder if he's ever going to get done. You know, is he going to make a point? What's for lunch? I-, I don't know what you're thinking, but hopefully we're guiding you in a thought towards something. That's what communication is. Uh, and, and we have writing, and we write, and we read little symbols that make words to us. And And it's communication. That's what communication is. It guides my thoughts. Communication is guiding a person's thoughts. Now, I'm a finite being, and I have a certain way that I can guide your thoughts. I can write you. I can speak to you. I might you know, gesture you. If you've ever been driving, people communicate to you through gestures on on occasion. Okay, there's ways. But we're finite. We're limited. God is infinite. He's all-powerful. The word is omniscient. I mean, he can do anything he wants to. And God can sort of tap into our brains, and he can communicate to us directly. He can direct our thoughts. This is what's kind of cool. And God directs our thoughts. And, and you've probably experienced it. I mean, have you ever looked at a sunset, and you, you, something in your spirit says to you, man, our Creator is amazing. Or, you you hear birds. I mean, does nature do that to you? Nature does that to me. Uh, a while back, we had gone someplace and it was late, and we got home late. And at least I have a ten year old, and I think it was a couple years ago. She was younger. Um, she had fallen asleep, and so I had the privilege of carrying sixty pounds of dead weight upstairs to put her in bed, you know, because she wasn't waking up. I mean, we had to really wake her up to wake her up. And so I I volunteered because that's what dads do, and it was awesome. And I, you know, kind of stumbled up the steps, and we only hit a couple of banisters. It wasn't a big deal uh, with her head. And uh, um, as I lay her in bed and throw my back out simultaneously, I remember, have you ever looked at a baby or a child, your kid? Any parent in here? When we look at our sleeping children, what do you think? It's like, oh my word. I wish they were like this all the time. Uh <laughs> she never shuts up. you uh, know. Um no, we, we think we think, oh man. Look look at her. I, I looked I I remember this prolonged look. It it was just one of those moments and and I, I could hear God speaking to my spirit. Again, not audibly, but he, he said to me, the way you feel about that little girl is the way I feel about you, only more. Now, am I, sh- am I sure that was God speaking to you? Yeah, I'm not sure. But it does sort of, it, it, it's in line with scripture where it says, the spirit himself testifies to our spirit that we are his children. And I looked at that little girl and I was proud of of her and I was proud to be her dad. And it was as if God was saying, you know, I'm proud to be your dad. Now, here's something that we have to understand. This this is a warning. Because this is a dangerous topic, frankly. Whenever we say... We have an impression this is God wants, what, what God wants us to do. We never want to put words in God's mouth. We have to make certain. We're going to talk about that just, just a minute. You have to make sure you're certain this is God's will for your life. I went to a Christian college. Oftentimes you would hear people at Christian college, almost always a guy, say to other people on Christian college, usually a girl, th- this is the line. God told me you're the person I'm supposed to marry. This is typically followed with, so when God gets around to telling me we'll be good to go until then, I don't ever want to see you again. That, that's kind of how that goes down. And Christian college, I mean, Christian college, the pickup lines at the Christian college, they are awesome. I heard a guy one time say, uh, Honey, now I know I saw them and only had 700 wives. He never met you. I, I mean, that, that is, that's gold right there. Girl, I didn't know angels flew this low. Mmm, that, that's one of them. I'm not usually a prophet, but I see us together. I mean, <laughs> that's, just, that's the best. I love that. Honey, for you, I'd slay two Goliaths. Oh, I mean, wow. You float my ark. I, I mean, who? what woman wouldn't melt at that? I don't believe in predestination until now. Oh, I mean, that's... Is it a sin that you stole my heart? That, that's a good one. And, and I put the stud in Bible study. I, I mean, that, that is really good. And my favorite, my favorite. So last night I was reading through the book of Numbers and I noticed I don't have yours. Mm. <laughs> Boom. That's gold right there. That's gold. Now, the point is, we never want to put words... In God's mouth so so I'm gonna give you some filters this this, there's a process hey I have an impression I think this is what God wants me to do but I need to check it first I'm gonna run it through some filters and we're gonna kind of go through these because this is so important to us number one is what I think God is saying to me is it consistent with his character I mean, I mean, is it kind of what I know about God? Typically, if we're not careful, let me put it that way. If we're not careful, what we'll do is we'll, we'll try to uh, say, God is telling me to do something because we want to do it. I, I want to do something. And so, so it, it, it could go something like this. Miriam, I believe God is telling me that I need a red Corvette. Uh, it could go something like that. Um, now God is really not telling me well and the reason is because Corvettes are made in Kentucky and I was made in Kentucky and so uh, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a marriage made in heaven so you have to be is it consistent with God's character now God's not telling me to buy a red Corvette because I can't afford a red Corvette I, I mean I, I can't unless it's a matchbox car uh, I can't afford that so it's not consistent for God to say to me hey overextend yourself financially it's not consistent with his character Um, doesn't align with scripture here's here's one that's just interesting to me people will say God told me this when you know God didn't tell you this because in the Bible he tells you not this somebody will say to me "Uh, I feel like God is leading me to leave leave my wife and marry this other woman no he's not he's not he's not leading you to that uh, I, I feel like God is leading us uh, to live together before marriage so that we can see if we can... Li- no, 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 he's not. Because in Scripture, he tells us what a lot of times what not to do and what to do. And don't say God's telling you to do something when in Scripture he tells you not to. Right? It just, it just doesn't make any sense. Is it wise? This would be something like... Honey, God's told me that I'm going to take the paycheck and we're not going to pay the mortgage or buy food, but the lottery is at $60 million and I'm going to buy lottery tickets. That's not wise. That's just not wise. There's a reason the lottery makes money, because not very many people win. The the odds are not for you, just so you know. Okay. Um, Is it consistent with your wiring? How you're spiritually wired, how you're gifted. Um, somebody who can't sing, God ain't telling you to be a singer. Uh, all right, I mean that's kind of—he's not telling you. If if you can't carry a a tune in a bucket and when you sing it sounds like two cats are fighting, that is not your—that's not your jam. It's okay. God's not. You might really like singers. You might think they're awesome, but that doesn't mean you should be one. Okay? So, God is going to tell us what to do within the framework of who we are. It's kind of how it works. And what do spiritual advisors, you you, every person in here needs a few people who you trust to tell you the truth. Everybody needs somebody like that. They'll just tell you. The truth. I talked about my dad earlier and talked about the muffler shop. And, you know, I got to tell you, I was 20 years old. We started a muffler shop. I worked with my dad for a few years. I didn't love it. You know what you do in a muffler shop? You get dirty. I'm not a dirty guy. You know, I'm, I'm not all about the dirt. And so um, I had stuff under my fingernails. I just didn't love it. So uh, I, I said to dad one day, I'll never forget the conversation. I said, Dad, I'm 23 years old. Dad, I believe the Lord is telling me that I should stop working here at the muffler shop and take a job at Kings Island Amusement Park. If I'm lying, I'm dying. I really had this conversation. And I should, I should sing at Kings Island Amusement Park. And Daddy did this. And he said, no, he didn't. God didn't tell you that. And that was it. I mean, that was the end of it. Now get back to work. I mean, that was the end of it. No, he didn't. He didn't tell you that. Because that's stupid, is is what he was basically saying to me. You've got to have people in your life who will tell you the truth. Have some mature spiritual people in your life who will tell you the truth. Because here's the deal. And and this is really good news. God absolutely speaks to everyone. Now, Now you might be thinking, God only speaks, you know, to spiritual giants or preachers or, you know, leaders. God speaks to everyone. There's a really cool story in Acts 10. You should read it sometime. There's a guy named Cornelius. He's not a believer. He's not Jewish. But he prays. And God hears his prayers. And God sends someone to talk to him about Jesus. God hears everybody. Now, Time out just a second. Let me tell you what this isn't. God does speak to everybody, but God doesn't speak to you about every decision. You don't have to pray. Do I, Should I put ranch dressing or Thousand Island? I just don't know. And I'm pretty sure God's busy, so uh, maybe he doesn't care if you use ranch dressing. God doesn't tell you which clothes to pick out particularly, and although I've seen some people that could use the help, uh, have you been to Walmart in the pajama bottoms? I mean, really, seriously. But, but it's not like, you know, take a... It, you're driving down the road, and, and I don't think God is going to say to you, take a left right here. I guess he could, but, it, but it's... God generally guides us, okay? And he speaks to everyone. Secondly, God's direction is to help us become somebody. My daddy used to say to me, and I said it to my girls, be somebody. Go out there and be somebody. I mean, be of a certain character. Uh, Be disciplined. Um, As a parent, I'm a parent, I'm a parent of, of daughters, as a parent, How would it be if you had to make or you got to make every decision for your child? And let's say they're 20 years old and you're still making decisions for them and you're calling them up every morning and you're saying, hey, wear these clothes and take this class and date that person and buy this house and and major in this and take this job and and marry that person. Do do you want to do that? The answer, by the way, is no. No, you don't. You don't want to do that. Because what you want is you want to create, as a parent, my job, my goal is to help my girls love God more than anybody else, including me, including themselves. I will know I'm a success as a father if my daughters love Jesus more than me and more than themselves. And I want to create in them, I want to help them have a character. That's full of mercy and wisdom. And they're going to make decisions. And and they're going to think things through. And they're going to exercise judgment. Because we're not there to talk to them all the time. And so they're making decisions. And they're exercising judgment. And sometimes they're going to have to make difficult choices. And I want to help them. I want to create in them a a character. That when we're not there to help them. They still make good choices. This is our ambition. Or at least should be. As a parent, you see, God sometimes says, I think you choose. You choose. Make a decision. Do do something and live with the consequence. God wants sons and daughters with broad shoulders, people who can make decisions and live with them and deal with them and and learn from mistakes. Here's Here's the deal. God doesn't offer guidance as risk avoidance. Sometimes he's creating it. Have you ever made a mistake and you learned from it? Is there a better teacher in all the world than mistakes? I mean, I make mistakes. I've learned from mistakes. I've grown from mistakes. So, so my role is to hear God speak. As a dad, my role is to help my girls hear God speaking to be able to discern his voice what's the number one complaint of wives to husbands my husband just doesn't listen right he just doesn't listen Miriam's complaint is he just doesn't rest enough between the chores I ask him to do but for most men for most men he just doesn't listen so here's the good news we can get better at hearing God's voice. You can get better at it. You can start to hear it. it it's, it's, it's good. It's good. Um, my girls all played sports. I love that about it. because I, I don't know a lot about a lot of things, but I know about sports. So my kids played sports. Gen, uh, Elise, the other day, I can't even remember their names. Elise, my youngest, the other day, said something about, I'm going to say this, Duane, this hurt my spirit. She said, Daddy, I don't know that I want to play basketball. I'm like, wait a minute. You're from Kentucky. All your sisters played basketball. You don't really have a choice. Uh, I want you to know. You're going to play basketball, and you're going to like it. Uh, it's kind of, but as my girls played, I don't care if she plays, but my girls, all my girls played stuff. And in order to help them, to, in, order, in order to encourage them, not coach, encourage from the sidelines because the coaches don't like it when you coach. In order to encourage from the sideline, I developed a system to get their attention. Okay? Two things. If they were close enough, I'd whistle. And then I'd go, hey! Hey! Funniest thing. We could be in a gym, 5,000 people, and I I can whistle at my girls today, and they look at me. They say, Daddy, you treat us like a dog. It's like, no, no, it's not dog stuff. This is me communicating with you to encourage you. And so often it was, hey, you know, shoot the ball. Don't pass it to that loser kid. Shoot the ball yourself. You're a vest. Shoot it. Come on. We never met a shot we didn't like. Shoot the ball. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Elise doesn't quite have it down yet. Because she's not played much yet. But yesterday, she played volleyball. And, uh, and I needed her to, I needed to encourage her. So I did the whistle, and she looked. It was like one of the proudest dad days of my life. It's like, oh man, she's learning to look at me when I whistle. Now, she's going to have to learn. When I whistle, you look. Uh, that's kind of how it works. By the way, coaches don't want you doing that when they're in the huddle, uh, either. I, I mean, they want them to listen to them. Uh, you know, I don't know. They are so obsessive, those people, those coaches. So I wait till they're out of the huddle, and then I tell them what to do. Uh, so we can, we can get better you start to hear God's voice and you, you run it through the filters and you get better at it. And then when you hear His voice and obey His voice, boy, that's when it, really, it's when it really gets good. Now, here's what you have to understand. It's really crazy important. The promptings don't always turn out to be what we would consider good. We're, we're under this notion and I think because we want our kids we want to we help our kids avoid pain and, and sometimes we, we overdo it, I, it is okay to let your child fail a little bit to let them fail a little bit you learn from that, and God lets us fail a little bit and we learn there was this time Paul um, had said hey I'm going to go to Jerusalem and there was this cat by the name of Agabus Agabus um, it's in Acts 20 and, 20 and 21. Agabus. What a cool name. Agabus. I know some of y'all are having babies. Agabus. I'm just putting it out there. Uh, Agabus. He was a dude. Yes, you were wondering. Uh, Agabus. And Agabus says to Paul, Don't go to Jerusalem. And he, he's like, he's very, he must be artsy. He's kind of artsy. And he takes, his, he takes a belt and he ties his own hands up and he says, This is what's going to happen to you. If you go to Jerusalem, and and look at this response. Paul said, Now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. I get that following the Spirit is going to not always be good, It might be difficult. It might be challenging. I get that. I'm down with that. I'm going to obey God's voice even if it's difficult. You have to commit, God, whatever it is, whatever it is, I am going to be down with whatever you tell me to do. I agree to do it before I even know what it is. Because here's the truth. If we choose choose not to be led by the Spirit, we are choosing a minimal life impact. You're just choosing boredom. You're choosing irrelevance. You're you're choosing, you you have the capability, you and I have the capability of being directed by God and we could choose not to. And and Paul basically, think about this. If he had said, well, I really don't want that whole prison thing. I'm not really down with going to prison and being beaten and being falsely accused and having people say stuff about me that's not true. Paul was like, I'm going because this is the best thing for me, for the kingdom. I'm here to serve Jesus. I'm going to do what he tells me to do. So here's the truth. God still speaks, and the Spirit still guides. We probably ought to have two questions. Question number one is, are we listening? And question number two, if we're listening, are we willing to obey? Even if it isn't what we would consider something good. Could could I go do something that isn't pleasant if God asked me to? God still speaks, and he speaks to everyone. And we can get better at hearing his voice. We have those filters, and now you know what they are. I put them on paper so you could take it with you. Maybe you cut that little piece out and put it in your Bible. You have a decision to make. You look at the the five filters, so you know that you're going to make a wise decision. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for how much you love us. We thank you for guiding us, and we thank you for speaking And even, Lord, when you tell us to do difficult things, we pray that we would be willing to do it no matter what. We thank you that you love us and that you want to use us and that we're part of the team and that we get to serve you and help us to do it well. And help us to get really, really good at hearing your voice. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.